Welcome to That's a Chunky. This is Kevin here with Jared, King of the Slams. Yep. Finally back for another episode. Um, we've been trying to do a episode recently, but not everybody knows how to do everything. <laughs> um, but yeah, actually, we have really exciting news tonight. So uh, as most of you guys know, because I talk about it frequently on the show, is um, like a lot of times when we're recording, Jared leaves his desk um, and I so I've hired a guy <laughs> <laughs> um, who looks just like him <laughs> to come in and take huge dumps when Jared leaves. Uh, no, but but in all seriousness, we have a new uh third co-host of the show heavyweight the proprietor of itysl underscore memes see how i got that jared yeah you know uh we'd like we'd like to give a real uh just appreciative hello to our new co-host james hey guys uh really excited (laughs) to be here and to uh you know expand my uh I think you should leave meme empire from visual form on Twitter to the podcast form, which is not usually the way people take in memes. Multimedia now. And I, I thought that, I love that you said that that was going to be a grand introduction because um, <laughs> it seems like you just winged it on the spot. Um, no. And I would add that you had some last minute competition, James, because our, our nemesis slash friend, Vinod, tried to say yesterday that his daughter made sloppy steaks um, at their house. And we just said, we're not buying it. We know what you're doing. And then we're never talking to him again. So you're, you're on. (laughs) Good. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know him, but I can tell that he slicks his hair back. uh, (laughs) But, but in all, all like truth, I'm, I'm establishing now that there is a, a I think you should leave curse. And for like the seven or eight people who've watched the show and don't like it, it's actually a lot of people, but we, we, I'm talking, you know, like Vinod actually has some level of sense of humor and still doesn't like the show, which is yeah. weird. Um, so he is literally cursed by the fact that um, his daughter yelled upstairs and said, daddy, I spilled water on my steak. Um, <laughs> and most people Jared wasn't on this text thread, but Eliza, um, who was on episode three because she doesn't understand the show either, um, <laughs> went out to some sort of like hippie restaurant in Vermont. She found a Lego head in her corn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the curse is just continuing to prevail. Um, if you don't like, I think you should leave because of your lack of humor or whatever dysfunction you have the curse is going to get you. Yeah, I think it's true. Um, so let that be a lesson to you all out there. I don't Any think always... no, no one listening to us is going to experience that curse. That's yeah, except, it's, it's, except Vinod, who hates listening. There's the danger of showing it to someone you love and then having the curse befall them, which... Oh, know, that's true. You have that's to be right. careful about. That's true. Um... Uh, James is a genius at having fun. (laughs) 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 Um, 
and also uh, he doesn't live in a hotel. <laughs> That's true. But I did. I lived in Egypt for a month. Yeah, I know. I was going to do an Egypt in a month. I lived in Egypt. Uh, so, friend of the show, Big Steve Moulton, uh, has been teasing us for months that he's been living somewhere for a month. Uh, he finally revealed to me the other day that um, he was living in Australia for a month to shoot the new series, which I believe is on Peacock, called Young Rock, which nice. I believe is a show about the early years of Dwayne The Rock, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Johnson yeah. Um, yeah, so I haven't watched it yet. That's a but big, yeah, I definitely that's a will. Get. Congrats to Steve. I know. Well deserved. Yeah, that's a that's a big get for the the, uh, the rock show to get Steve on it. That's I know. I, I miss Ray's dog. Yeah, I also think he like learned how to wrestle as part of uh, the training, which sounds pretty amazing. I thought you were gonna say he learned how to speak Australian, but you did not do that. Nah, no. Um, James, CEO of Tabato Frames. Um, all right, so the show, the original concept of the show was we rated all the sketches from season one and then somehow we were able to attract actors on the show and interview them uh we're going back to the the origins today um we are gonna rank our um season two shows we are gonna start at the bottom and we do need to stress to i think you should leave listeners that um like being the worst sketch on a season of I think you should leave is like being the like dumbest kid at MIT or something. So um, we're not meant to malign any of these sketches. It's more just a celebration of the sketches. We just happen to start with our least favorite um, and moving towards our favorite. All right, Jared, you ready? I'm ready. I will note that on our uh, pre-tape, you said it was the the dumbest kid at Yale, and I told you I, I knew some dumb kids from Yale, and you changed it to MIT, which was a solid upgrade. I don't know any dumb kids from MIT, but I also, I'm not sure I met anyone from Yeah, I mean, also not to get overly political, but I thought about one of our presidents who went to Yale, um, <laughs> and uh, I was like, might, might want to rephrase that a little bit. Um, anyway, all right. So Jared, uh, so we kind of compressed some, we kind of like combined some sketches, um, you know, like um, sketches like the two Crashmore sketches. So we we really have 25 sketches. Um, We're going to start at 25. And just so I can make Jared feel extra awkward uh, at whatever sketch he puts last, I'm going to have him uh, rank his number 25 first. So I had another one that I... Um upgraded to 24 for sentimental reasons but i'm gonna go with claire's as my number 25 sketch and to briefly explain it just i I appreciate it it just never clicked um i get a kick out of the guy like the guy and i missed that interview too so i'm sure i would have gotten a real kick out of him if i was on the, the podcast but it just it's one of those things that never fully sunk in it's also later in the show, um, you know, it's the last episode, I think. And it just, I don't know, at that point, it just, it didn't do it for me. Yeah, so I had Claire's uh, 22nd. Um, and, and again, I actually really enjoy the sketch. Um, I think the um, interesting thing about the Claire sketch is like, there's definitely a good amount of really funny uh 
jokes in there, um, but maybe a lot of my enjoyment is not laughing at it. Like I think there's yeah. actually like some. I don't I don't know if it was meant to make fun of people who are trying to sort of find the meaning of life, but I actually found it to be somewhat meaningful. Yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah, it's almost like to me uh, that's a really good sketch, but maybe the fit with I think you should leave is kind of imperfect. Yeah, and actually, yeah. as I think about it, like, you know, so much of the show is just sort of social relationships, and that's kind of more of a solo, like, you know, soliloquy or something. Yes. Um, and maybe that's why I just, it kind of felt a little out of place to me. I Again, I appreciated it more than I, I laughed, um, and it did have a couple good lines in there. They're escaping me right now, but yeah, it is, it's a little different than the others. I also do like I do like the character who like is clearly nervous and the the movie yeah. is targeted directly towards him and he's doing the whole <laughs> like it's so boring. He's like I know all of this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, not not a totally surprising uh, pick, but again, this shows sort of the like um, the depth of I think you should leave is like when, you know I'm actually I consider myself a fan of SNL and like when you get after twelve thirty uh, Eastern time you're going to catch a sketch that's probably not that great. Like there might be two or three and like yeah. one's going to be bad. I think you should leave because it's taped. Doesn't really need to air any bad sketches, but yeah, I had it on my back end as well. Um, but James is here to describe to us why um, this sketch is brilliant and how he is able to meme about it. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, I think that um I think you're right that it has a little bit of a different vibe because it's, yeah, it's more of a, um, you know, single person performance for the most part. Um, I think the funniest part of it to me is, uh, is, and, and there are a few other sketches that fit this the same way that just the concept of it, I think is yeah. maybe the, yeah. the funniest part of it. Um, I think maybe it was a previous episode that, uh, I recorded with you guys that I think um, Reggie from Swayze <laughs> brought up that that like when you think about who gets their ears pierced, it's you know young girls, and then it's like middle aged men <laughs> or older men having a midlife crisis and uh, and grappling with their own like mortality. And so the idea yes. that that <laughs> that one of those guys who would go to Claire's to get his ears pierced rather than, you know, like a tattoo shop or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I think is part of the, yeah. the humor of it uh, conceptually. And then the fact that it's sort of, um, I don't know, I guess it, it's not as uh, laugh out loud funny as some of the other sketches that are based more around like uh, awkward interactions. But I think the, the idea that um, his, fear over getting his ears pierced seems to sort of meld with his fear of his own mortality and like changing life as he gets older is also kind of like uh, funny in a dark way, I guess. Yes. Um, and then I think last, <laughs> there are a few, I think it's just uh, in the same way that some other sketches sort of pinpoint and skewer or like perfectly embody weird personality traits or types of people. I think the sort of uh, boomer who is 
hung up on the idea of jib jabs is, yeah. uh, is kind of funny to me. I think because, you know, jib jabs were like, what is that? That's like 15 years ago, those were a thing where there was like the, you know, I elf think it's a e card with the. Yeah, yeah. So it's like the the fact that, that this guy is is like getting mad at his mom for not under, understanding jib jabs when he <laughs> himself is like sort of hung up on the idea of jib jabs is uh, is funny. Um, and then I think you know some people just there's nothing wrong with a good old fashioned like diarrhea joke at the beginning when he's. Uh, the person that Claire's is assuring him that no one could hear the splashing or whatever. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah I, there's I something for you... everybody. I... Oh, good. Oh, it's just, yeah, I think there's something for everybody. It may not be like as, uh, I, I agree that it's, it's probably one of the uh, sketches that lands the least. Um, but you know, there's, there's value in it, I would say. Yeah. I think if you show, you show, I think you should leave to like, like 5,000 uh, English professors, like a decent amount might pick this sketch just because of the premise, like as their favorite, right? Like um, there's definitely like, when you read, like when you re-explain that premise to me, I'm like, yeah, it's like, it's almost too good for like a sketch comedy show, you know? That's why you got to sneak in the yeah. diarrhea joke. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it also, uh, I would also just add that the sort of the way that he, um, he like goes off on the tangent of like, it's funny. You never think about, I forget the exact wording, like how the people who uh, raised you from a baby turn into a baby themselves. Yeah. And it reminds <laughs> me of the, uh, the like uh, Herbie Hancock sketch when he's like, what is this society where we tape everything? <laughs> kind of like goes into a similar sort of tangent of like weirdly serious all of a sudden. That one's so self-righteous. I love it. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to spin into my number 25. Uh, and it, I think it's going to deeply upset the aforementioned big Steve Moulton. Um, I find this sketch uh, arguably my most unwatchable. Ooh. I think you should leave sketch. But I think it was on some level meant to be when um, that is Blues Brothers. Um <laughs> where the barking just legitimately stresses me out. Um, I know that's the point of the sketch. I mean, the show is called I Think You Should Leave. Uh, it's meant to explore these sorts of situations. Um, but yeah, that one gets me uh, on edge. Uh, hilariously, the sketch is four minutes and 20 seconds long. Oh my God. It's that long? Um, I think so. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. yeah, I guess so. I like all the performances in it. Um, maybe outside of the the dog. Um, Do you have yeah. a dog yourself? Uh, you know what's funny is um, I have like a moderate allergy to dogs. Oh. And I grew up in a house with dogs. Um, and when I moved out of the house, I was kind of like, oh shit, I you don't have yeah. allergies or asthma or anything. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I actually like dogs. Um, dog owners, I'm a little bit in the middle on. Um, obviously not all of them, but I think there's a lot of people that like get dogs and then don't really want to deal with them and like allow them to do all sorts of crazy shit. Like for example, re fairly recently I was at the playground with my daughters and 
somebody had their dog there and it took a shit at the bottom of the slide. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's not ideal. Um, and just so, there? Uh, I think they cl- cleaned it up. Or maybe they, maybe it shit somewhere else and took a piss at the bottom of the slide. Uh. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm just like, yeah, you know, what the fuck? So um, anyway. Uh, I know a lot of dog owners are wonderful. I just get like annoyed at. The, I have two dogs. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> two, two dogs. Precisely my point. Uh, and uh, I'm allergic to both of them, which is great. Also in my house. Yeah, it's a motherfucker. Like, um, so like, know. as a a father with two kids, like constantly, like here and there, the discussion gets brought up, and I'm just like, uh, yeah, yeah, it can't can't really happen. Yeah. Um, I lost that on that. Um, so I ranked that twenty third. So very close to yours. I like, you know, and I I think, yeah, the dog barking is very annoying. I'll give you that. I think also like, you know, there are a couple great moments. Like the other dog jumping into the window is hilarious. Um, (laughs) I mean, that's just like such a great scene. I don't know how they did it, but I hope the dog's okay, but it's funny (laughs) as shit. Um, And then I I don't know the idea that that like you sort of begins with this toxic relationship and then, um, you know, where like Connor O'Malley and his wife, you know, she makes a dig at him and he's like, Oh really? You want me to build something for the garbage? The trash hutch. Yeah. The trash. (laughs) Um, And then like, he decides to smooth it over with that. I like that his um, wife from Detroiters is in there. um, Although not his wife in this, in the actual sketch. And then, um, yeah, it just like I love Lillian. Like no one likes what you're doing. Like it, it was just kind of like, <laughs> and then him crying at the end. I, I mean, I like it had moments. I mean, it's funny. Um, I just yeah. yeah, I can't put it that much higher than what I put it. And it, you're right. I think the dog barking is actually like a real deterrent for the, the enjoyment of the episode or the the sketch. Yeah, it's weird. It makes it like just less replayable. Um, although James is going to explain why this is like connected to the Odyssey and shit and make us feel like (laughs) (laughs) well I will say I uh, off the bat that that was one that I did um, it took me a little bit to warm up to Um, I would I probably on the first watch it was one of my lower rated ones in my uh, you know personal uh, perspective I think Part of that was because I had never watched like the Blues Brothers, so I didn't even pick up on what it was until oh, yeah. I like saw that referenced. Um, and still, like you know, I hold no special place for any Blues Brothers uh, expanded universe content. Um, so that doesn't like really uh, raise it up in my books. But I think on rewatches. I do agree agree that there's a lot of stressful moments in it. Both the, I mean, I'm a I'm like an extremely conflict averse person. So, like the idea of being in the room while like uh, the husband yeah. and wife are like having a very heated like alternating between passive aggressive and aggressive aggressive uh, yeah. like <laughs> conflict is very uncomfortable to me. And then also like. Yeah, the loud barking and uh, stress of that moment is also really tough to just kind of sit through. But I will say that there are a few moments in it that are very funny to me. Um, One just being uh, the way that he 
uh, as he's doing it, he's telling his girlfriend to jack it up, jack it up a lot. And she's like, (laughs) gives him, (laughs) there's a sequence where he like points up and asks her to raise the volume. And she looks at him with this just like horrible pained expression. And he like, then he, he prays with his hands and kind of like begs her oh, and yeah, she like yeah. reluctantly leans over and turns the volume up more. Uh, that, that I've used that sequence for memes a lot where it's like a four panel thing where it's, you know, he begs, she looks reluctant, oh, yeah, he totally, begs some more. Yeah. And then it's like, she's pressing a button that says like, you know, like uh, follow me on Twitter or like, you know, <laughs> whatever, some, whatever message I want to get across. Um, I, so I think that's that one is ripe for uh, the memosphere, um, and then I also just think that the the uh, the point where the other guest is like she probably smells my dog, and <laughs> Connor O'Malley's like, no, we know what the problem is. It's Lisa's fucking boyfriend, uh, <laughs> and. And then, and I, I think the ending point where he uh, he finally like stops the music and he takes off the mask and sunglasses and immediately the dog start, stops barking and he just crying says, "It's okay, Barbie. I'm not the Blues Brothers." And everything is like <laughs> the like, plural oh. is so good there. Yeah, yeah. It's and then uh, and then he just kind of like looks around and he says, "This really is a beautiful house." Yeah, a way compliment the house at the end. Yeah, I think I I don't know. I think um, there's there's some legitimately very funny moments in that one, and also just like uh, despite it being very uncomfortable, there are some moments that capture like the way people actually behave. And to me, part of what's so funny is when he does like perfectly capture human behavior in a way that's like not even necessarily meant as a joke. But it is funny, and I uh, I like that about some of this that sketch. Again, it's like the second dumbest kid at MIT. Like that sketch <laughs> just like invented a solar powered microwave or some shit for like people in developing countries. So like it's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Also, <laughs> also just keep this the... MIT analogy going. That that deep. I love MIT. <laughs> <laughs> I also just to uh, in the same vein as the Claire sketch has the just sort of like lowest brow of humor being the diarrhea uh, part. This this one has just the the very basic physical humor of his like absurd like really bad dancing. That's you know he's just kind of flailing in a, a very yeah. terrible way to this music um, that I think is also just sort of you know. It, it's it's funny looking just like objectively he's flailing in a funny way i'm not the blues bro <laughs> um all right yeah all right james is i also love like, this way that Connor o'malley like he always looks like he's breaking like because in the in season one with oh. the robbie star track records like he he uh he just looks like he's cracking up and I, there are moments when he's like, yell, you're like supposed to be angry and you could tell, I think he's like really fighting back <laughs> laughter. Um, and that works. Like sometimes SNL skits, like it makes the skit when they're breaking. I, I don't know. I just, I yeah. like that about Connor O'Malley. Yeah. I, also, I agree with that. His children are going to be like, you know, he's married to 80 Bryant. Like if they have kids, how funny are those kids going to be? I think they'll be pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna put like 
probably probably top ninety percentile. Yeah, that's true. That's a joke because that's, that's a lot of people. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Jared's further gonna embrace his inner Vinod and talk about his number twenty four sketch. All right. Um, friend of the um, friend or friend Dre from um, Tommy Pencils from Detroiters is in the Dave Campor sketch, mm-hmm. which is a spinoff of Little Buff Boys. Uh, a sketch, you know, Little Buff Boys, the master sketch I'll talk about later. Um, Ooh, spoiler alert. Not, not, no, I mean, it's not, obviously not 24. But um, it took a while for that one to grow on me. I thought this one's really quick. Um, you know, I feel like they had um, Dre in for just like a quick hitter or something. Or, you know, like I, it just seemed kind of like. Because I think I just realized this. I, I think the mom in the ghost sketch is the secretary from Detroiters, isn't she? Oh shit, maybe. So I think he had essentially his entire crew from Detroiters, and so I, I don't know. I, I don't know how quickly this was rushed together, but it just didn't seem to have as much material as the others. And yeah, to put a twenty-four. I, I... Like Jeff Salad, which you blew in the interview, Deuce. That's... <laughs> What what did I what did I call it? You called it like cherry chuck something, and it was just well, I eat a lot of you. cherry chuck food, so uh, <laughs> it's really easy for me to get confused. Um, pretty much, I'm on a whole cherry chuck diet. Um, <laughs> so what did I say? Cherry chuck smoothie? Oh, probably. Like Siri just looked up a cherry chuck recipe from my wife. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna throw this out. I could be misremembering i think they shot they didn't shoot that sketch like at his apartment or something did they he said i forget what he told us it was something like he was in town or like he did it from a hotel room or something um god we should go back and listen to that i don't don't feel like i'm prepared enough but he's great yeah, that sketch great. is a is a small interstitial. It has one like very quick basic premise. He's hilarious, um, and again, like this is in season two of I think you should leave, which is like, I don't know, the discography of the Beatles or something like that. Like, um, so yeah, you know, it's a Beatles song that didn't make it onto like the Beatles one album, but you know, it's still the Beatles. Exactly. Like I I've watched this sketch a thousand times. I'm gonna watch it a thousand more. Um, when he actually does like the flexing and shit that kills me every time. Yeah, his flexing is funny. Okay. And this that. is all Bilu. Like, there's not a lot. It's not like yeah. there is an extensive premise to the sketch. Um, so he carries it, and uh, you know, I think he knows it was like he was just doing kind of like a. It's like an interlude to an album. It's a quick sketch. It's funny. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't think Andre Bilu loses any sleep over uh the Dave Campor sketch. I don't think so either. Thoughts, James? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I uh, I don't know that I have much to add besides what you guys have already said. It's it's a quick hitter. It's you know nice to see the Detroiters gang get some uh, screen time, and I think you should leave. Kind of, I think uh, felt like the kind of sketch that was just sort of like uh, written and recorded in the time of COVID, being like sort of exactly. limiting what kind of stuff you can can do for sketches and you know it ties into uh another previous sketch i mean it's like sort of 
in the same realm as the uh, you know other two part sketches where one half of them is sort of like uh, less yeah. you know like 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 it reminds me of the um, the uh, Dan Flash's ad for you know the shop yeah, yeah. because it's yeah. it's you know it's funny but it doesn't have as much content as the uh, the other half of of it. Um, I will say, so just like a quick, um, mention. So I, uh, in March ran a long tournament of, uh, yeah. uh all, I think you should leave and the characters sketches to, uh, like get a champion sketch. And without getting too deep into that afterward, based on the, the votings for each pairing, I, sort of did a little math to convert them to the implied rankings based on those the oh. margins of each vote mm. um and the little buff boys ad was the lowest ranked of all of the i think you should leave sketches the only things that it beat were two sketches from the characters which the character sketches did in incredibly bad because i think most people no, yeah, uh, just hadn't ha hadn't seen it oh, so they, they were at a huge disadvantage but it was uh easily the lowest rated i think you should leave sketch which is just uh oh, now you know, i'm kind of depressed that. jared you had that number 24 yeah because i had it number one <laughs> <laughs> uh no but in all reality i had it number 21 um Probably shouldn't be such a dick to Andre Jared. That's yeah, Jesus. Um, I follow right. uh, Andre Belu or Belu on um, Belu. Belu. It's Andre or it's Dre Belu is mm. his handle on on. Uh, he works out a lot. I call him Andre Four Thousand. Yeah. No one like it better. Yeah. All right. Fine. Four stacks. <laughs> I like it. Um. Yeah, I follow him as well. He's a good follow. Yeah. Um, all right, I, th I think we can squeeze one more in. Um, my number 24, uh, which definitely has some solid jokes in it, has some really good uh, Tim acting in it, is Double Pooper. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really funny. Um, again, pretty basic premise. I feel like Tim's uh, kind of carrying that sketch. I don't know if other people yeah. are um, bringing a ton to the table. I mean, they had to find two people who had to look who like looked exactly the same uh, <laughs> from the back, from the back, from, from the back. Yeah. Uh, when when they're doing a crab walk along, yeah, the when wall. they're doing a crab walk, yeah. <laughs> um, wait, what did you say, James? I I just said from the back, from the back they do. That's the first time my voice, and it's wildly high <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I was going to tell that joke at the beginning when I introduced you and then I just forgot that's a little behind the scenes magic for the listeners at home <laughs> um, yeah uh, I think it's really funny um, by the way is Tim named for Luca the Disney movie or Luca Doncic probably both that's what I want to know um and uh yeah i think he's really funny the whole like little thing with him selling his bike rack in the middle i love that i love that i think i think that's really funny um and uh also the joke about 
Jerry sniffing panties, and they're like, that didn't happen. And he's like, you weren't with him 24-7 in the cartoon. <laughs> uh, he also angles for a, like, uh, like a suspension, and he says, like, I need to be with my family and try new restaurants. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's hilarious. Um, but I did pick it as my number... 24 again yeah it was a great show it was 21 for me but i i almost i I don't know you you had such a good sell of it as your 24 i i don't know i feel like even 21 seems a little low i don't know we'll get to the other ones but it's how much i love the show you know yeah you do love the show um Um, i like the node unlike the node god i'm sure he probably that was probably his favorite sketch honestly Um, I might, and can we just tip our hat to the concept of just like a workplace <laughs> prank that like, cause I've been, you know, I've been in a couple different offices and there've been like some like very just like good natured pranks that are funny, but this one, this was kind of awful. Um, and the amount, the commitment to pull it off is 150 insane. times worked 150 yeah. times. It's. It's crazy. And then the other guy just being willing to do this. <laughs> um, it, it, it's, yeah, it, it's, I, I have to tip my cat to the, to the commitment to the, to the prank. Like, uh, probably like 15 years ago, I saw this website that they were supporting this prank where like you would, they had these like things you could print out that said like, this is a, a voice activated towel machine or like copier <laughs> and I taped them to a few things my job. and so it sounds amazing but the payoff is tough because you have to be in the room when yeah you have to be in the yeah you have to be in the room. yeah but one time I was in the in the room where I, I sometimes go I don't want to give away my job and this guy was just going like 15 copies, 15 <laughs> copies. <laughs> um and it's like one of my crowning achievements. It's on my resume. That's amazing. God. Yeah, that's pretty I good. Could, I could easily, because especially with COVID restrictions, I could totally pull that off in my office. Yeah. Everything is like touchless now. If, oh my God. <laughs> I, I could do it at the elevators immediately. You could just feel like, oh, man. this is a voice activated elevator. <sighs> People being like, 22, 22. <laughs> like, it's not coming. <laughs> Can you please do this? Yeah, I'll do it. I, I'm actually going in tomorrow. I'm going to print the stuff. I'm, I'm sitting by my printer right now. I will print them and take them in. You could just probably do it around the house, too. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could do it around the house. Oh. All right. Well, I think we're going to um, – like we need to take, like, a three-minute break. Yeah, I'm ready. That's a Chunky has always been supported – by the Etsy shop of Swayzine, S-W-A-Y-Z-I-N-E. In the past, you've seen his amazing motivational posters, his um, At the Nighthawks Diner featuring characters from I Think You Should Leave. Uh, You also know his vintage jazz posters of Paul Bufano, Marcus the Worm Hicks, and Mookie Kramer. Um, Swayzine has a ton of new items in his shop we wanted to let you guys know about. Um, those three jazz posters have been turned into uh, attractive t-shirts, 
the Marcus Hicks in blue, the Mookie Kramer in green, Paul Bufano in white. He has a uh, very affordable uh, Bozo the Clown Clown Pewter sticker that you can put on your computer. Um, there is a Baby of the Year bib and onesie. Uh, he has Angels and Archways t-shirts, um, as well as uh, two new posters, one featuring Dangerous Nights, um, which is being framed and put on my wall, and an amazing portrait of uh, Brian from the uh, hat sketch, the insider trading sketch. Um, but the whole point of me re-recording this ad was to tell you about maybe the most innovative, I think you should leave product I've seen in my time doing this podcast, which is actual Dan Flash's shirts. So this isn't like a t-shirt that says Dan Flash on the front. This is a short or a short sleeve polo or a long sleeve uh, collared shirt that has the pattern Tim Robinson is wearing in the Dan Flash's sketch. Uh, affordably placed at $30. I know when I went um, to the Dan Flash's stores at the Creeks, I spent $800 out, out the door and um, didn't eat for a long time, uh, saving my per diem. Um, but if you go to etsy.com slash shop slash Swayzine, again, Swayzine is S-W-A-Y-Z-I-N-E. Um, you can own these shirts yourself. Um, and we want to thank uh, Reggie from Swayzine for his support of That's a Chunky. Welcome back to That's a Chunky. We are discussing our rating season two sketches from 25 to one. Not all tonight, but um, we just talked about um, our sketch. We we're just talking about Pooper. Yeah, it was Pooper. 21 for me, 24 for you. We had to get James' reaction on on the pooper. Yeah, I mean, this is honestly, this one to me is an underrated one that um, uh, that I feel like doesn't get a lot of uh, a lot of like uh, mentions or like uh, meaning or um, like uh, adoration from fans. But it has some moments in it that I think are very funny. Um, I think you mentioned the little interlude where he, he like, uh, is taking a second to collect his thoughts or whatever, and he <laughs> then picks up his phone and then uh, starts typing back. But he does the thing that that people do, where they slowly speak under their breath as they're typing the words <laughs> that they're typing. <laughs> like, no way, dude! You live like so far. <laughs> me. Oh, yeah. and it's like something about that is is just like a very perfect like real thing that people do that makes me laugh a lot um and then, and then also i think at the beginning when um when i forget the exact question that he's asked by uh the boss but he's like i guess if i had to pick a reason it'd be that i wanted people at the office to think dave was taking huge dumps <laughs> if I think about it, that that might be the reason. And honestly, that might be it. 
like <laughs> as if he's making up a possible explanation which is that he wanted people to think that he was taking huge dumps like it's it's like such a non-explanation explanation uh something about that line delivery is is great uh and then um yeah i think as you mentioned about uh the um the 150 times i think that one is like a great meme opportunity uh from my perspective of uh I've seen i think a lot of great ones on that yeah yeah early on one of the things i think because dan flashes was one of the memes that from the first or from the second season oh. that took off the most um at one point i i like tweeted something about like you can't just tweet any mildly complicated shirt and with a dan flashes mention and expect it to go viral and then uh, then I had the panel to be on, or uh, it it worked a hundred, or yeah, with, yes, all, with due all due respect, it worked one hundred and fifty <laughs> times. <Yeah. laughs> um, uh, so anyway, man. I think that that uh, one line in panel is also a great uh, a great one. Anyway, yeah. I, this I think that this catches. I understand that it's one of the less lesser regarded ones by a lot of people, but this is I think of the ones you guys have mentioned the first one so far that i think is like uh is like really hard to accept being rated low i've already moved it up my list i'm just telling <laughs> you right now i already like it more than my next one i think i might have jacked up the numbers jared and i we're just you know yeah you need, like, uh an executive yeah, it assistant was, or something. you ranked it way too low i think that was a bad <sighs> on your part where did you have it 21 oh yeah that's way better I will say though, of the rankings from the tournament I ran, this was the third lowest of all the mm. I think you should leave sketches. It's mm. wildly low. Wildly low. Uh, Jared, we haven't got yet to your number twenty-two. All right, this is a tough one. Oh man, I feel bad. I feel like all we're right. missing an obvious one that's not that funny. That's that should be lower. But all right, let's, let's see what happens. So I'm gonna go with credit card roulette. This is a this is a grave mistake. You think it's grave? <laughs> I re- I really like credit card roulette, but I I know I'm I'm guaranteeing your rating of credit card roulette is much I think much more connected to the ITYSL world than mine. I think I like it way more than average. So John Early's great in it. Um, that was my first real inter- like experience with him. Um, and it, you know, the, the, the flip of the switch, when he goes from like, you know, kissing this guy's ass to when the card gets drawn and he just loses <laughs> his mind and then spirals. I mean, it's funny. It's a funny concept. Cause I bet you a lot of people in that circumstance would, they're all in favor of the credit card roulette until they have to pay like $3,000 for a dinner. Um, so yeah. it's very relatable. Like I would be like, Oh, that sounds fun. And then you're like, Oh shit. You know, like not doing it. Um, I, the Egypt thing is funny. I think about that a lot. Oh, man. Um, so good. I, I just think compared to some other ones, it just – it took a long time for me for this one to grow on me. It wasn't one of my first favorite ones. Um, yeah, and it just – when I was ranking, I had to put it lower, um, and I'm not going to apologize. So when I was making my list, uh, actually – I was I went to a coffee shop to make my list, uh, and this woman slams down her computer screen when she sees me, 
and I'm like, lady, I need to look at your computer to make my list. I've been all over the world. You lived in Egypt for a month. It was like a coffee shop thing. I lived in Egypt for a month. Um, Yeah, there's there's something where like I feel like um, one of the and, and I've experienced it in my life, like watching people have like sycophantic laughter yeah. in regards to some I think it's just one of the most amazing things ever. It's really hard to capture like on screen. Um and this sketch just like really does it well at the beginning. Just how everybody fucking loves Hal. Um and John Early has that line of like what is it? He's a he's a genius at having fun. <laughs> <laughs> I truly believe that. <laughs> I truly believe that. Uh, yeah, no, it's really wild. And then um, the you got to dump him, like the really bad guy. Like that is hilarious. And I, I just, like, I want to use that. Like I sit on that for like social media stuff. Like when yeah. they're like, you know, you're like, you're still you're still with that really bad guy. I like uh, the way they like take too long to set it up. Yeah, right. Where he's like, "Are you still dating that guy?" And she's like, "What?" And like, so it like takes a few sentences to set up, and he's like, <laughs> "That Jump big bad guy." <laughs> um, I also really enjoy the um, I, y'all know I hate that game. Um, <laughs> but when you messed up your rating of the sketch, you should have said, "Fuck!" I should have lied. Fuck! And that's what makes the sketch, and I think you should leave sketch, is, like, the beginning, like, that could happen in a sketch. But, like, when he just, like, midway is, like, fuck, I should have lied when everyone already hates him. (laughs) I know. Uh, It's magical. Um, I still think there's something at the end with the brothers. The brothers, like They were on social media talking trash about Tim. I can't remember exactly what happened, and I feel like... Tim cut them in a weird way, and I wonder if that was intentional. I still don't know what that was. Is that a thing? I didn't know about this. I so I saw. I think before before the season came out, I remember seeing. I think it was on Instagram. Some. It was like, or maybe I don't know where I saw it, but it was like a sequence of videos by those guys and they were touting themselves as being featured in i think you should leave and trying to sort of like spin their characters off into a little mini web series or something Uh and i kind of watched some of it and i but i didn't watch much and i couldn't really tell if they were earnestly trying to be funny or if they were kind of trying to do the same thing as what you saw in that sketch where it's sort of like they're saying non-funny things but like pretending that they think it's funny it was weird and it didn't really make sense to me and I kind of like didn't follow through watching it all Um, but I think if you like look for the what is it the hilarious waiter brothers or something I think you can maybe find some stuff that they put out maybe it's on YouTube or something that is kind of like uh I don't know, a weird attempt at tying in and like spinning their fame off. And it made me wonder if they're like, uh, if they were yeah, I, somehow 
I don't know if they were trying to already be funny and Tim found them and wanted to include them and then like thought better of it or something. I don't know. And now we're going to need to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. We should get the weekend. let's get the hilarious waiter brothers on the show and tell their side of the story. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I just I just will not allow anyone to besmirch Tim Robinson's name. So yeah, um, yeah, uh, and these dudes are Jack Jared. They can like crush you in a fight. <laughs> um, oh, and so I, I actually had credit that rated seventeen. Um, Ooh. Um, Ooh. Uh, yeah, there's wow. just, there's a lot of stuff in there. There, um, yeah, yeah. In fact, it, um, I I think the twenty spot would probably make more sense for this one for me. Yeah, I think you would understand it better if you had like kind of traveled at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, James, do you have further thoughts on the sketch? Um. Let's see. I think um, the "Are you still dating that guy?" Uh, is definitely <laughs> a great line. I think my my first thought when I watched it, I was a little bit turned off on first watch for this one, and I probably would have put it at the bottom. Um, and I think my first like visceral reaction was that it felt wrong because it felt like John Early was playing a Tim Robinson character, and he is that it was it was weird to see someone else basically doing their Tim Robinson impression. Oh yeah. um, that's a good but point. But it 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 grew on me once I sort of like accepted what it was and then and also I think I maybe had watched some of Search Party and then watched more of it after season two came out and then came back and watched that sketch with a renewed fondness fondness for him um because of his his character in that show also um and i do think the beginning is like a great great example again of like uh like skewering a certain type of personality and that like i think many people have seen and interacted with and been annoyed by someone like hal who's like the life of the party, but in an overbearing and like yeah. not truly that fun, but people somehow think he's super fun way. Um, he's like fun <laughs> for not fun people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. He's yeah. like the note in our friend group from college. Right? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> some, some things you can't take back. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't co-sign that. I think you just crossed the line, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Not the time you said that. Didn't, you, didn't one time you encourage killing him? No, I said I would car. hit him with my car. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> um, all right, that's fair. All right, I, I, I stand. I, I take everything back. Um, yeah, think... your your vote was better on this one. And yeah, I even as I was sort of framing it, I was like, crap, I screwed this up. We're we're working things out. Um. We're throwing some ideas out there. All right. I think we're at your number 20. Yeah. I don't know how this is going to go over. Uh Um, The Capitol Room. Uh, Okay. So um, the Capitol Room is my 19th. Oh, all right. So I think Patty Harrison's great. You know, I feel like the the driver's ed, um, I'm glad we got another Patty Harrison sketch. And that one clearly, I, I think, 
eclipse this one in, in quality and genius. And yeah. So I feel like I would have rated this higher if this was the only Patty Harrison, but I feel comfortable mm. downgrading it some more. I like the concept because, I mean, I watch like, you know, Shark Tank sometimes. I think it's a little too much of a parody because, you know, like if you think about the That's a Chunky Game Show, yeah, it's a parody of a game show, but it's unique enough and goofy enough that like it's just not not even that close. And this is really close to Shark Tank. <laughs> um and the concept of just how she got her money by being sewed into the pants of the Charlie Brown, that's hilarious. I just think, I don't know, it just didn't sing to me like the others. And I thought it, like, it was almost like a little too much like SNL to some extent, because it it mm. is, you know, because SNL is more like, here's a parody of a presidential press conference. You know, like, it's just like, right. um, I don't know. I just felt like it was a little too SNL-like compared to the other sketches on the show. Yeah, I think that's fair. I um when I watched it, um it's definitely I think the one and I say this as like a positive more than a negative. It like really popped on first watch. Mm. Um to me. And then it's just one that like I mean it's definitely when it comes on now I still watch it. Um but like I've kind of like uh I'm watching it sort of like in a meme quality to hear the lines I already know. And like, I've, it's like this, you can almost like memorize the sketch, right? Like, yeah, that's one that's really easy to sort of know, like word for word. Um, yeah. Uh, Pat, Patty Harrison is like a, a national treasure. Um, she's so funny. Um, I think she had probably some writing control over that. Yeah. And I love the sketch. Um, but again, like, yeah, when you compare it to, the driver's ed sketch i mean it's that one's so oh much more fleshed out yeah the driver's ed i mean it took like driver's ed took a lot to hit me but it hit me like a freight train eventually um one th other thing i just noticed it's another sort of solo sketch it's just patty yep. harrison riffing you know um because the others are all straight characters and she's the only one that bringing humor to it um, yeah there's like a little element of comedy to the straight characters like what they're like proud of oh and, yeah right yeah um but yeah totally agree um what's weird is i think it's like a sketch that like if someone if someone like remade that sketch every like week i think it could be funny as like a recurring character yeah maybe um maybe with other people like and how they made their money and all that um but yeah yeah i think it's like very appropriately ranked around here uh james what do you think yeah, I think, um, well, don't give this sketch a bad rating or I'll... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, no, but I think um, I think you guys uh, appropriately tagged it for the most part. I think one thing that, that has struck me on rewatches is, one, how long it takes to get from the intro to the, like the intro of oh, the yeah. capital room show and like the other um whatever sharks or whatever the investors are called um <laughs> to the patty harrison part and then uh it still cuts back to them for sort of semi-extended sequences in the middle of it to break up her um her riffing and so i think part of that sort of it dilutes a little bit the um humor density because i think like yeah 
while they, while they did do a great job sort of mimicking um, like a Shark Tank style show and like pretty much it looks exactly like that um, uh, up to in, including the guy who's like <laughs> I see past the numbers and he like grabs the sort of digital uh, uh, like 3D numbers in front of him. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, but I think... Um, Patty's lines are some of them are very funny, including the, um, you know, obviously the big Charlie Brown at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And I think I'm back in the pants. I hate bald boys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, boys. it's her lines are like super dense with very funny things. Um, you know, the line reading of uh, I can't watch a movie without a big pour of wine and popcorn. Yeah. Uh, is great. I mean, it's all great. And so I think it's hard to like, hard to discount it. But I think it's mostly to me, um, because there's so much non Patty Harrison parts of the sketch yeah. that I think it's yeah. fair to like rate it lower, but just her parts are extremely funny to me. Um, for sure. How messed up was it that Charlie Brown is bald as a child? He's a child, right? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, and we just all accepted it. We we're like, "Yep, he's a bald kid." I mean, yeah. Pigpen was from like a like dysfunctional home. It's true. He literally had like dirt circles around him. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> true too. That show may not age very well. Uh, Jared, I'm a wolf with my list. Uh, if I find out you're a sheep, I'll eat you alive. Yeah. I know. <laughs> um, also, I started in the mailroom of That's a Chunky, and I ended up as the host of the show. <laughs> so, um, I will say there's they briefly cut to like some contestants of the Capitol Room, and the name of their company is Raise the Woof. <laughs> oh man, uh, I had to, I actually rewound that to uh, catch that fact. All right, I, I think we're gonna finish up the night. Um, with my number 20 sketch. Um, it's a sketch that has a lot of lines that I really, really like. Um, the premise is really basic, but as always, uh, Tim does a great job at it. Um, I picked the big wave, um, Mm. where Tim pushes over the table of the boardroom. And gives a guy, like, pretty sure a traumatic brain injury from that fall. But Yeah, that's, uh, I actually found it a little bit tough to watch. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, just, like, his interaction, particularly with Julie, is so amazing. Um, about, like, marrying the rich husband. Yeah. Um, and all that. Cho jeans, cho jeans, uh, <laughs> fucking junk. Um, yeah, I, I mean, again, Jared, you and I have talked a lot on the show just about how, like, sort of the remarkable thing about I think you should leave is like Tim is able to play so many characters in a way that you like believe it's a different person. Yeah. On some, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's him, but like the character is different to you. Um, and I feel like this is just like another great 
I think you should leave character that's somehow different from the others um, and talks about fucking fucking junk and like he's just <laughs> so oblivious to everything uh, that everyone else in the room is feeling and like this one has a special um, element to me like I feel like arguably it's the most like pure setting that like this I think you should leave concept is like injected into like the what people are having fun with in this sketch yeah, it's, it's like insane. it's so like borderline like annoying <laughs> yeah <laughs> um like i i knew you in college we all sort of our whole crew is sort of united by the same like uh sort of disdain for like this sort yeah. of positivity i think um <laughs> as much as we were generally positive our own ourselves in like a subdued manner um yeah. But yeah, Tim just like just just totally destroys it um, in an amazing way. James, tell us tell us what we're missing. Well, I one thing I like about it is Tim's character's journey throughout the sketch. Where at, <laughs> yeah. at the beginning he is like he's kind of like annoyed at the fact yeah. that other people are goofing off, and he's like, "Come on, guys!" And he like he's like almost like trying to be the one who's like quit goofing off let's be serious here like you know this is this is not what we're supposed to be doing right now or whatever and then he's the last one to join in there's even there's like one woman who all she does i think is just like puts on sunglasses or something she like barely does anything but she technically joins in and and then tim's character finally like finally starts laughing towards the end and then he does the here comes the big wave um and then, and then uh, the boss comes back in and, and asks what, what happened. And Tim says, like, you know, we were goofing around and things went too far, just like they always do. Which makes <laughs> you feel like this must have happened before somehow. <laughs> and, uh, and, then, and then his sort of, like, you know, flipping her around to sort of being the victim of, of Julie's... Uh, Chode jeans and and whatever is also it, he goes through a lot of different uh a very long character arc a lot of corollaries um, between that and um when john early goes after um yeah the woman with the bad boyfriend what's her name yeah uh, yeah forget her name, but um might be julie <laughs> <laughs> um, boy I like the, uh, yeah, I love the concept of, like, trying to find a scapegoat when you've stepped in it. Just like, oh, you know, you're the villain, not me. Um, yeah. And this one's a real stretch. I mean, so is the John Early one. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah, I love how you're right, like, the, Kevin, the point about that they're just engaged in the stupidest tasks. I mean, like, you can, like, like, I, you know, people engage in office hijinks and stuff, but, like, those are especially stupid office hijinks. <laughs> And, and I can only imagine, like, I don't know, just sitting there and enduring that. And then and maybe I'd flip the table. I don't know. Probably. All right. So we have, like, a whole list of things you have to do at work uh, tomorrow. I'm actually, I'm actually in a Word document working with the building management logo to create that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. I have it open over here. Uh, uh yeah I just, what's gonna prompt it it's the, the thing that's holding me back is someone is gonna have to send an email to the whole company saying 
you know, there have been some signs posted that the elevators, because someone's not going to get the joke. They're just going to try to do it and then think the elevators are broken and then they're going to complain to someone. <laughs> Which, yes, that's more of a reason to do it. But I feel bad that someone as part of their job is going to have to send an email saying the elevators are not voice activated. Well, you could do the thing that like crazy people say when they like won't return their cart at the grocery store. It's like, well, they wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for me. You know, like <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> assholes always do that thing. Um, I could, I could take that. I, I, I'm on the fence. I mean, I may print it and have it in my bag. I just don't know if I'm gonna place it. Yeah. But yeah. the thought of my boss just being like, 45, 45. and then he's standing there talking, and he's like, "Why isn't it going?" Like, do you do you know anyone who works in security? Yeah, I'm friendly with a couple people. I'm just gonna throw out at one of my workplaces where, uh, actually, I think this was the guy I got to talk to the copy machine, but he was the one who monitored the cameras. Um, and he would always show me like all the funniest stuff that happened oh, on the cameras. No, I don't have access to the camera footage. I think that's even outside my company. Yeah, we had a guy during a uh, like a lockdown drill who was like out in the middle, and he like ran through the whole building. Um, and I got I got to see the clip of that. It was pretty amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's like Danimal. I love when you walk back in old days when people went to the office, uh, when there's a fire drill and people stand in the elevator area from like a different floor and then you roll in late and that just the elevator <laughs> opens and like 50 people are standing in the lobby of the elevator and you have to pretend like you're, yeah, it's that. Happens wait, wait, explain this again. I don't. So <laughs> this is good content. So when we do our fire drills at a big office building, you don't actually leave the building. You just go uh, down the stairs to a floor below. And then there's oh. someone there. Yeah, which is like not what you would do if there really was a fire. But they just want you to all mobilize. And then yeah. they stop in this elevator bank and try to tell you like what would really happen. And then, of course, if that's your floor, you walk out and it's just 50 people from another floor staring at you. It's like on Detroiters where they go to the third floor to use the bathroom. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> This is a new office in there. One of my friends is watching Detroiters now, and I just, I, I'm just cackling at some of the it's things. It's really there. good. Like, I might have to go back and watch it again. Yeah, it's. I love when he asked the woman from Little Caesars, like, "Does cheese come out of the um, watering fountains?" And then she's like, "No, that isn't." And he's like, "I'm not stupid." <laughs> like that just like floors <laughs> me, where he like cuts her off and says, "I'm not stupid." I think about that like five times a day. Um. <laughs> I've I've long been a fan of Malcolm Jamal Warner. Yeah, he's uh, he has a good episode in there. In fact, my wife and I on our third date we did trivia, and our team name was Malcolm Jamal Warner. Nice. Um, because we had that night seen uh do a comedy special, uh, very uncontro, very non controversial figure uh, named Bill Cosby. Oh, yeah, familiar. <laughs> so with that him. that aged well, but it was good at it's good at the time. My wife is very adamant that our kids watch the entire Cosby show. No. And I just, well, not beyond beyond what, like, things he's allegedly done. Wait, Um, what did he do? I don't know. Um, I've just heard some things. But it's also really dated. And it's like, why are my kids, my kids don't watch anything. They're not going to sit and watch, like, eight seasons of a show set in the 80s. You know, it's like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Nah. Just watch, Um, like, Transformers 4D or some shit. Exactly. 
Yeah, All right. <laughs> we uh we we promised James uh we would get him to bed fairly early, which is actually good for all of us. Uh, James, it was amazing having you on for this inaugural episode. It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed being on and and, uh, talking about all these sketches. And listeners, I think you should be 19 or so next time, right? 19? Yeah. I I want to give the listeners something to actually look forward to. I like it. I like it. And listeners should be prepared in the future. It could be any configuration of us. Um, Yeah which we're hoping to bring more content to the people. Do it. All right. That's all I got. Uh, We are signing off. That's a chunky.